Greetings, this is Jesse the Tree, and you are listening to the greatest podcast in the galaxy, Call Out Culture. I am here to inform you that my friend Andrew and I, aka Sleeping Dogs, are dropping our album, Faking My Own Death, just to get some rest. March 14th is also Andrew's birthday. What a guy. Be there, be square. Go Celtics. Peace. Welcome to Call Out Culture Podcast. With Alaska, Curly Castro, and Silla Rocco. Alright, alright, alright. This is Call Out Culture, episode infinity. We are here tonight. I am your host, Curly Castro. I'm here with my co-hosts, Alaska and Zilla Rocca. Where are y'all? Oh, shout out to all the call-out cultists. Uh, so tonight... We're going to stay with the theme and be talking some De La um, as we all mourn the passing of the great True Gordy Dove. And, but we revel in um, De La stuff becoming available for streaming and in this outpouring of support, especially after Dave's passing, as well as this um, uh, subsequent campaign that they've been doing. Um, after they put everything on streaming, there's been a lot of these uh, Instagram posts where people are actually reenacting one of their most famous skits, um, in a sense, when they did um, on Stakes is High. Um, Damn, where was I? And they first started it with um, Criminal Minded and led that to the end of the record at the end. And they said, um, you know, at the end of the record, somebody starts saying, where was I when I heard Stakes is High? Yep. And... Um, the, the campaign that they're conducting right now, as painful as it is to lose one of our greats, um, they're having people give their testimonies about De La Soul, and it reminded me of that skit that they started. Like, damn, where was I? So people are recounting, Maya Rudolph's recounting, when she heard Three Feet High and Rising, there's uh, Phil Hader, fucking, um, Omas Keith, there's a, a Redman. Um, they haven't gotten the Buster Rhymes yet or anything. Um, Moni Love, and they're telling very intimate um, and specific instances. Some of them are a little more general, but like Moni Love talks about her being in the It's So Easy video mm. and how she loved the um, the only Italians, you know, Icy's niggas price me. She loved that line so much that she would lip sync the line so hard. So when they were rehearsing or when they were filming, she did the line so hard it made Dove just stop. And he's like, yo, you want to do the line? So if you see the... Um, the video he asked that she sits next to him in the schoolyard and then when that line comes up he kind of backs up and she comes in all strong so that's like one of the testimonials these things are like 30 seconds and i i implore everybody to go look at them they're on pasta news's page they're on the de la soul page yeah. and as they keep coming out they keep putting them out and it's just a wide range of folks quest loves talking black thought um like i said maya rudolph like that they're, they're feel hated they're getting a lot of people that are talking about their love. Chuck D has one. And I would implore everybody to go check that out. That's the essence of tonight's episode. Um, we'll be talking in that vein, in the vein of the great stakes is high skit. Damn, where was I, you know, when you encountered and experienced this group? Mm. So, um, well, first off, so, all right, first off, so let's kick off with this, um, this uh, streaming deluge. Now, the interesting thing 
about them being off streaming so long. And you know other artists that do it. Uh, Fly God constantly goes up and down, up and down on streaming. Um, Fun Cluster Plus, which is on streaming right now. Hopefully, if you go check it, go download it and get it into your phone before that gets pulled down again. Um, so certain things do go on up and down, up and down. And I'm pretty sure it's legalities and sample clearances or somebody comes barking, you just pull it down and start the process over or whatever may have you. But Daylight was in like a, the last, what was it, like 10 years they were doing this, trying to get their... Um... I would say probably close to that because it was, their catalog kept getting bought by different people. Right, right. So but I remember like... when they started to prop, when they mentioned like, we're going to try to start this process it was yeah. about 10 years ago. I mean, yeah, I feel like I remember back, like, the first time I heard about it was, like, 2017. Yeah. And so, that but, it, you know, probably was before then. If I feel like it was 2014 they were talking about it. Because, you know, it was becoming obvious that their stuff wasn't. Like, yeah. certain items, um, I think, like, that first serve record was up there. Grind Date is up. Yeah. Um, anonymous nobody obviously came out mm-hmm. and was up but you know it was it was curious that you know their earlier stuff was not up there and then they had the um breaking point where we all realized what was going on when they gave out that me- mega download for free yes so yeah i'm looking at and, it now that was 2014 that was 2014 was that 2014 so, okay yeah so that so that was like and that was them being frustrated from trying to do it probably since i'm i'm feeling like 2009 maybe or something like that yeah and then got to 2014 and they just released this, put it on a mega upload page or something and everybody went crazy. Yeah. And and the interesting thing is because you listen to the versions now and Alaska's maybe more adept at this than I am, but he can hear a lot of the differences when he's when he like three feet high and rising is a little obvious about a lot of changes that they had to make. And but if you had that download, you do have some of the original takes mm-hmm. and you can compare and contrast. I was too zealous. I started erasing the older versions because I didn't want to have like that. You know, they you'll have that double thing in your iTunes. Yeah. Um, and I shouldn't have. And I stopped myself at like, I think, dead because there are some different versions of songs that I still want to check out. Yeah. But um, I wanted to start the conversation off with um, a topic. Like, Tommy, Tommy ain't my motherfucking boy. Yes. Like we heard that as a lyric from Jizza. We heard it a lot from Daylight, but Daylight was just so good at slang and coded, you know, language that they were talking a lot about how Tommy Boy wasn't shit. Um, beef with Tommy Kid. There's a lot of innuendo and stuff. And mm-hmm. I want the I want the fans, and we're gonna talk about it right now. I want them to understand this is not, I feel like this wasn't all typical label bullshit. It's not just typical red tape. There were issues with the recordings. There was issues with the rollouts. You know what I'm saying? There was issues with promo at times. And it's just, I just wanted people to ship this to understand it. This was a group that overcame the industry in a sense, because they, you know, they were set up, they they weren't supported the way they should have been from the gate. And their label had a lot to do with that. Now they still were successful in spite of that. But it just goes to show, I just want listeners to try to, you know, grasp or understand. Like when people say they have label issues, that stuff is real. This is not like, it's not just internet fight. I know now we have social medias and things of that nature. And, it, you know, people can throw things out there to get a reaction. But no, people have real issues with their labels because we were entering a, a business model that was already established. A lot of us were very young and had managements of some sort leading your way and that wasn't always the best advice 
But um, yeah, gentlemen, tell me what y'all felt about. Um, let's just talk about just the 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 image of Tommy Boy as you know it from the nineties. Um, them working so hard with these great artists, and then mm-hmm. their i their identity getting a little um tarnished by the artists themselves. What did y'all think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I was blissfully unaware that there were issues going on, like. From from a fan perspective, mm-hmm. watching this happening in the 90s, it just seemed like they were everywhere. Like, it didn't seem like there were issues with their music getting out with people hearing them. Like, I know, like, there was, like, some weirdness with De La Soul is dead. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was because of, like, the, the, like, the very sort of stark contrast between Three Feet High and the style of De La Soul is dead. But by the time, like... Um, Balloon My Estate came out. It felt like it was everywhere. Same thing with Stakes is High. Like Stakes is High felt like it was everywhere. Um, and that that's from a fan perspective, like not yeah. knowing like any of the shit. Now when I go back, like I hear the little like the little disses at Tommy Boy. Yes. Like and it you know it stands out now, knowing how everything went on as you know the the label business relationship turned sour as a as it went forward like i I know like eventually tommy boy went out of business yes they were moved over to like universal i think at some point i I, I remember back and bought their catalog yeah i remember a big moment for this type of issue for me was the uh the tlc talk and when tlc broke down how they were broke after selling but so many records and i remember i don't know and z might remember this that's when in the record stores they started having that that display maybe just maybe more mom and pops or maybe cd stores but they had that display of a dollar and they sliced up the dollar into little sections depending on you know how it, how a dollar was paid out in music and like mm-hmm. this little sliver was for the artist a big half of it was for the label. Then it was like a manufacturing slice. And I remember that was the first time I started understanding the economics of it because not only was, um, and yes, Daylight was, de- was definitely promoted in a way where it did seem like they were out there. But I always, when I got older, Alaska, I remember, why is this record so low? Like why when I used to play Three Feet High, even the remastered one, yeah, quote unquote, or CD, uh, um, and, and jump right in. See, it's I would have it on shuffle, and it would go to like an exhibit disc, and exhibits was way louder and booming. And it and being a Walkman kid, you just mm-hmm. turned up your Walkman. You just right. thought, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You turn if yeah. you're like you turn up your Walkman when you're a CD Walkman kid. You turn up your CD. You think it's it's your device. You didn't think that this thing is actually mixed and mastered lower than other releases. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could hear it. I was playing Cuban Links today. Cuban Links sounds like fucking shit. It's the mm. greatest album, and it sounds like shit. You can hear, you can hear Blue Raspberry, like her voice being cut, like there's no fade outs. There's there's a lot of weird, and and I love that shit. I love the imperfections. But Cuban Link, if you play Cuban Links in '95 next to like AZ's album, AZ's like Do or Die sounds twenty times better than Cuban Links. Like the, the vocals are flat. They just have like a lot of reverb, but it sounds like that because RZA was mixing and mastering in a basement in Staten Island. You know what I mean? Like they, like Thirty Six Chambers sounds way better than Takao Return to the Thirty Six Cuban Links because they were in a studio. You see what I'm saying? Like they didn't have the luxury of being in the crib doing all that. Like the way Cream sounds 
But they, but they La recorded in Calliope. Everybody knows that. But it, but what I'm saying is the mixing and mastering. They didn't have Bob Power yet. Those first two records is like demo. But I think I think it wasn't just like bad. mixing choices. It's not like the whole record. Yeah, it sounds bad. low. Like you know right. what I'm saying. Like no, from like, like a volume. From, yeah, yeah like from all like, of it. All of uh, it everything flat. sounds flat. Yeah. Thin, so I don't know flat. if that was because it went out on tape. But I, I, what I'm saying is, you could tell. It was you could you could tell. You could tell, and but it was tribes evident. Don't sound like that. Tribes albums right. always sound thick and full right. and professional. So and that's my point. So how much thing. do you think? I think it's budget. You think Tommy Boy was being cheap? Because I, I definitely Tommy blame Tommy artists. Boy. I mean, I, I can't. The artist is not the engineer, especially at that level. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. But but other Tommy Boy, I'm like House of Pain, Naughty by Nature. They don't sound like that. Those albums don't sound as flat and thin as the first two Daylight albums. I feel like it was it was deliberate. I don't know if it is or not. I'm just saying that we we all know what it what it, we all know what it's like to have to pay for mixing and mastering, right? And some of us at different times of our career, like I'll just do it my, myself. And Castro, we know of our man um, Scratch from the Roots, where he didn't want to pay thirty five thousand dollars, whatever it was, for mixing right. and mastering, and his album on Robodope Records is literally unlistable. So you think it's a it was a budget thing as to why Three Feet and and Is Dead is like low like that? Yeah, because the, every song has seventy seven samples. You see, like there's that album is every song today will cost like at least like eighty thousand dollars to cover to cover the cost of all those samples on just one song. So it's like they I was listening to some of the Dante Ross and Prince Paul shit, and they you know they talked about how. They picked and choose what songs they were going to clear samples on, because they thought the records wouldn't go go past New York and the East Coast. They didn't think it would be, you know, a worldwide phenomenon. So they they weren't really invested all the way in the group. So I, to your point, yes, Tommy Boy was kind of cutting corners. But they, but I'm just I'm saying, like if you listen to other Tommy Boy albums around that time, they don't sound like that. They sound like professional pieces. And I just think to go to your point about the 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 um, investment. It just seemed like they, it was the wave that the, that they were on along with Native Tongue and Jungle. Like even the first Jungle Brothers album doesn't sound that good. You know what I mean? Like it's very, it sounds like doing it in the lab in, in your friend's house, which has a charm to it. I, I like the charm to it. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't seem like they were, they weren't putting all their money into it like it was, you know, I'm trying to think, like an LL record. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a, from a Tommy Boy stance, they weren't looking at like, oh, this is going to be an LL joint that goes double platinum. Okay. So we're gonna, you know what I mean? We're, we're going to beat up, beef up the budget. I think they were just like saying, well, if, if it hits, great. If it doesn't, we're not spending a ton of money anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, All right. I well, never noticed that three feet high sounded low. Um, De La Soul is dead always sounded like shit to me. Yeah. Like the, the, I find it to be kind of an unlistenable record because of just how muddy the whole thing is. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Sound good, I like, think there's you know, something the to that. Like, I don't think it was a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? That we noticed that later on in our lives. Like, wait a minute. I, you know I noticed that early. Like, that that was the thing. Like, I ne- I still like when I listen to Three Feet High and Rising. I don't have any issues with it. Hmm. Um, hmm. but De La Soul is dead. Like back when it dropped in like what was it like 1991? Right. 91. Like even then, like to the untrained ear, I was like, why does this sound so bad compared to everything else? Yeah. So yeah, I think it was some deliberate about it. All right, what did y'all think of the promotion, the ads? Um, remember in the beginning they were starting with the uh, uh, I forget. Oh no, remember they used to have the uh, the um, 
what are they called? The shit. big no, the big cards that you read when you're when you're acting. Oh, cue cards. Cue cards. cards. Yeah, Remember that was yeah. part of their live show, very very much in the beginning, oh. yeah. and in some of their videos and stuff. And then, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think I think it's a clear cut example of a label being like, we have something here that we think is interesting and cool. We don't want someone else to sign them, so like let's give this a shot. And look, looking at some of the old ads they were running in Tower Records, they would show like a white dude in a suit being like, I came in for Prince and I left with... Yeah, Prince I remember Hall that campaign. Yeah. Sergeant, it's a Sergeant Pepper of the 80s. Like, that was at least slick to be like, yo, this isn't just, you know, a, a rap album. This is... But that to me, that marketing was not... They didn't ask them. That's what I got the feeling that at least we're three feet high and that's the whole thing of leading into dead. And right. the flower pot is like there was a lot of not asking them, hey, how how do you, what do y'all think? Yeah, like why would they? They're new artists. They well, that so also sick. feels like the the skit on uh, Balloon Mindset, or uh, Balloon Mind State. Mind State is where they're you know they jack the sample from uh, Five Heartbeats. Mm. Where they're yes. like, you know, we don't think it's important who's on the album cover. Yes, yes, like, and I remember that scene too in the flower. Yeah. I was I just watching the Five Heartbeats the other day. And I forgot about that scene, and um. Yeah, so just things like that. Like, I'm not saying they're trying to make them out to be these grand villains because they did sign and, and put out a lot of artists. But it was just very interesting to me that as we got older, you started seeing some of the cracks and, you know, noticing some things were, were not on up and up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the villainy on Tommy Boy happened like it often does in businesses when things start going sideways. But do we feel like there was a lull in them that that they, that you know what I'm saying? Like, like with... um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess that 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 moment of revelation can come at any point. I was thinking yeah. like NWA and Cube, and like they weren't doing bad. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When Cube was like, "Hey, what's going on?" and De La Soul probably wasn't doing "quote unquote" bad. Yeah, and they realized that they're you know label and shit. But yeah, I think these things come up, and also like we're saying, you, you know, back in those days, these guys were teenagers when they started, and you yeah. get older and you get more knowledgeable of the business. And I, I mean, I bring up the cube thing a lot because people think it's like some myth they know. This is just a young kid to me, like, yo, man, I need to read this. I'm yeah. not just signing this, and I get if I sign this, you're you about to give me money immediately, and you're about to change my situation immediately. But I need to read this. I need somebody else to read it, and that started a whole look. Look at look what happened uh, based off that one fact. Yeah. Um, so and check I've, this out. Ready, yeah, Castro. So I think also what we're sidestepping is Tommy Boy really wasn't shit back then. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Looking at their discography, right? Yeah. So '83 they put out Johnson Crew, Planet Patrol. Never heard of them. '84 Force MDs, Johnson Crew. '85 they put out a bunch of just like compilations with beats and shit. Yeah, I forgot Force MDs. Yeah, they were yeah, on okay. there. '86 Bambada, Planet Rock, the album. Force MDs and then that's the Sonic on fire. Okay, eighty-seven Force MDs and then TKA, which is from my man K7s in that group. That's some that's some fucking freestyle shit. Eighty-eight Information Society, another fucking I think they're a dance group. So that's yeah, they're like a like an alternative dance group, mm -hmm. right? So, but the, but I'm saying like they're putting out two to three records a year. Then you get to eighty-nine, three feet high, uh, cold cut. What's that noise? And then Queen Latifah, all hail to Queen. And then somebody named Timmy Gatlin. So, like, they really weren't shit at right. all. They weren't even equipped to handle. They didn't have a history to even right. prove. They're like, hey, right. look what now, we've done. 
Now, yeah. keep this. Then when you hit 90, then you get Digital Underground, Sex Packets. Yep. You get Paris, your boy, the devil made me do it. Yep. Um, Force MDs, Information Society, TKA. 91, De La Soul's Dead, uh, Digital Underground, Sons of the P. Naughty by Nature, first album. Mm-hmm. Queen Latifah, Nature of a Sister. Um, my favorite, MTV Party to Go Volume 1. I got all them shits. Um, Stetsa, Blood, Sweat, No Tears. So then you know, they, they start building everything up as like the dance like pop rap right. freestyle dance compilation label pretty much and then oh and a couple years later coolio they have coolio mm-hmm. they still have naughty by nature they're doing all the jock jams they're doing mtv party to goes they're doing new jersey drive soundtrack tommy boy dropped the war report that's penalty records yeah that was like a, a, a oh okay yeah, i was gonna was say that was under them yeah um they had like whitey ford sings the blues later you know which is a massive record all the coolio shit but like they, I'm just saying like they, I, I feel like they were making it up as they were going along as was De La, you know what I mean? Like in the beginning, beginning. And then as time goes on, all these artists and groups were naming, De La is selling a fraction of fucking Whitey Ford sings the blues, <laughs> a fraction of Coolio, Gangster's Paradise, a fraction of Naughty by Nature. So I think like they just, they, they were hot at the beginning and then the label just got bigger and had their own shit and just... They were just kind of hanging around, you know what I mean? Like they weren't, I don't know. It wasn't like a, a loss to put them out, but they weren't. They weren't a priority. No, they, 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 like they, they were Latifah, not a priority. Queen yeah. Latifah was had some fucking huge records. And they were no priority. All right, so let's um. Okay, so with that in mind, I want to hit this topic before we hit our first break. So then, Daylight also, I feel like people don't even really give them credit, um, for being swift and changeable. No other group has adapted like De La. Changed their style about two, two or three times. Changed their aesthetic about three times. And didn't miss a beat. They never had like, all right, this is the whack album. Or they're, they never had like an electric circus when they're trying something totally off base and it don't hit. Maybe Everything first worked. Serve, first serve. Ones, okay. First serve, yeah. But I, I feel like, like people, people, people don't include that. That's like Jordan yeah. with the 45. Or Jordan with the book with the Wizards. It's like people don't really include that. And there's some good rapping on it, but they didn't produce a damn thing on it. It was all these French producers. Okay. Um, for that. So let's talk about that. When um what were De La style changes through the years? Oh, I mean, I've been listening to so much of them, I think like everybody else has the last few weeks, where you hear you hear them to me like react like i feel like everything after three feet is like a reaction to the times yeah and the industry and the style and the trends and it's like it's kind of interesting because you're always getting like the 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 landscape filtered through their you know like the lens of de la like like stakes is high was definitely like a line in the sand like yeah i mean it's the whole fucking record is just them shitting on commercial like jiggy rap and Balloon is like their version of like jazz rap, like you know jazz samples. Prom- and not the, so the much theme like- of we might blow up, but we won't go pop. So yeah. they, 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 so that's right. they also that's still the beginning of the anti jiggy stuff. They're yeah. they're saying that. Yeah. And you know it's it's kind of sad because it's like there's a lot of resentment in those records versus there is know, versus like yo we just want to do some dope ass shit that we love. It's always kind of like we don't like the shit that's out now, and this is our take on it. 
but no one else was really doing that. No one was being but like, Alaska State of um, the Union to jump to you. weren't Weren't you doing that in your artistry? I was just gonna say, like everybody, half of yeah, half of hip hop was doing that. There yeah. was like two sides. It was two sides. I mean, Anti Puff side and yeah, you know, like and before Ill it out of Half Life. The whole album was that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the I'm, I'm talking like the pre biggie, like even De La Soul's dead, and then even Balloon. It's like, here's what's well, going I mean, on they did it from it. they the were doing it from video. yeah, from anti Run DMC, not true, specific, yeah, anti LL Cool J, anti LL, yeah. but like yeah. those tropes were like, God, we're not doing that, and you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the thing that they have always been against was conformity, mm. um, and you see that going back to the beginning, like everything, the whole Daisy Age thing, the whole style, the whole aesthetic was a reaction to what they perceived as conformity, like the way that young kids see conformity. Yes, It's like the bullies and the cool kids in the high school, I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be a reaction to them. Yes. De La Soul is Dead was the reaction to people now suddenly taking on what they were doing and like that becoming the cool thing, almost like the same thing with Nirvana Oh, yeah. Going away from never mind into in utero, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It was like the outcast suddenly became cool, and they don't. So, feel, so now we have to. Now they have, have to like we have to switch from that. Yes, Remember yes. Kurt Cobain like desperately being like, "I want in utero to sell half because the bulk of our fans now are like the motherfuckers that beat us up." Yeah, exactly. And and I think Dela had the same thing happen to them. Um, yeah, and, and then cool kids all of a sudden. In a sense, not so much they were super outcast, but being the cool kids, yeah, is is very different. Is yeah, a, is a very different, especially when you're a rebel or an outcast, pun intended. Mm-hmm. When you become the cool kids, it's like, wait, wait a second. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We we were never. I I was their intention was never to be at the cool table, but then right. the success leads them to be there. Yeah, exactly. And, and then even like balloon mind state was to me like that was them maturing more where it was like i mean they still were talking about shit they didn't like but it was a really personal album and i feel like you learn more about who they were on that record than any other record right well that that one they were definitely naming their influences because when they did ego tripping that's a nod to ultra magnetics ego trip yeah you know what i mean like um that's a big nod yeah and um yeah there was that there were maturity alaska i'll take it even as far as like the look um Mm -hmm. Poss grew his hair out a bit. Yep. He grew his beard out a yeah. bit. He wasn't wearing his glasses all like that. Yeah. Um, Dave probably was doing something a little different. Um, he wasn't wearing hats. He grew his yeah. hair out a little bit. Um, Maceo kind of looked the same. But like, you know, there was always aesthetic choices of how they looked. Like They looked like college kids. Because their faces yeah. were on their product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, now mind you, that was a common hip-hop show back then. But like, their faces were on the album. On Blue yeah. Mind State, that's a picture. You know, that's a drawing of their face on the back. It's them. Um, but like stylistically, like the way they dressed, they dressed like everybody, like when I was at college, like anybody that was like a Sigma, a Kappa, an Alpha. Yes. They dressed like those dudes. Good point. Good like, point. you know, it was just like. Especially like below plaid shorts, state, plaid shorts, polo shirts, yep. plaid hat that matches your the shorts. Rugby, yes. No, rugby, yeah. rugby, yeah. Rugby's, yeah. So that was like their aesthetic there. Mo- like, moccasin a little yeah. bit sometimes, if you will. Like the Break of Dawn video, that mm-hmm. style in the Break of Dawn was like, yeah. like growing up being a pockets, that's junior, yeah. senior yep. in college. Mm-hmm. You're taking, you're, you're ironing your clothes before you go <laughs> yes. out. You know what I'm saying? You're not yep, just you're grabbing your crease and your starch. Yeah, putting your crease. Just a little, you're trying to be a little more presentable. You're going out it in the day. Me of Castro. It reminds yeah. me of how Tribe 
went from wearing very out there clothes to like Fife wearing like Georgia Tech starter pullover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were they were tucking I mean, like in their polo shirt. They yeah, because they when they they were doing Super Bohemian. They see Daylight and them. There was a difference between Daylight and them and Jungle Brothers. Uh, Tribe first came out very, very bohemian with the knits right. and the um the knitted hats yeah, and, and stuff and the ponchos like, and stuff. Everyone with the and I get why like for merch and shit, which is ill. Everyone leans into like the three feet high look, and that was one album thirty fucking years ago. They didn't look like that. Nah, after but, but they like came the in looking like that. The, the colors, yes, but they came yeah, in the looking design. like that. But they changed their style Whereas, like, almost no immediately. Tribe, no one's like. Oh, tribe! When fucking Q-tips wearing the Raiden hat from Mortal Kombat, like that's the look. Nah, because I, I, but but because they take it like you're saying with Daylight was one look, but Tribe they actually acknowledged that it was one look. Once you get to um, low end theory, yeah. you know they're wearing the hats, they're wearing more polo, they're wearing, they're wearing jeans and stuff. Yeah, basketball jerseys. And then Midnight yeah. Marauders, they're full on into beanies. Uh, uh, no, I would say Leathers. Brooklyn, Brooklyn urban chic. Yeah. yes like yes. it seemed like that not and specifically brooklyn urban sheet that but was that. I, I think the reason that like style and sort of like even like sneakers and stuff all go to um three feet high and rising because it's the most visually appealing oh, yeah. look right it's yeah. from from a an aesthetic of if you want to make something that stands out like they even had like the the people that did the artwork and the design were like Sort of like revolutionary artists. Okay. That did like it. Keep herring like, and shit like that. Like yeah, like, like um, photographers like or some shit. I, I remember hearing about them. Yeah. yeah. Let me hold on. Let me look it up. And like, so also, I want to well, let's. I wanted to point out the style changes too. So there was a lot of uh, style wizardry on the first record. A lot of playing with um form and um and rhyme styles and rhyme schemes that they went away from. Uh. Well, I guess really. Balloon was the last bit of it. Yeah, I feel like Balloon. Yeah, it's like they, I remember, you know, when, when Mike Eagle was talking to Prince Paul about that, about the rhyme style and, you know, how incredible it is because it's like a maze. You're always like shifting through and hitting a dead end. You go this way and you find this way out. And then like, there's no two ways to get through the record. And there's so many fun things to discover and, and, and find on every listen. And some things you'll just never figure out. And, Mike was asking Paul about that and he said something like, you know, that was their thing. But after a while, it's like, all right, now we're, we want to just kind of leave that behind versus so it was a carrying thing. that on. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. which I, to me, like, that's when I, I love that era of from them the most when it was a little more like secretive. But, but when I, when they cleared up Z, that's when I realized, oh, they're grown men. They're 20, 24, they got kids. Yeah. It just yeah. felt like that. Like they yeah. felt like young adults when they started rhyming a little bit more straightforward. Because yeah. then they would be. Mistakes. The other day I was texting, I was probably texting Alaska and maybe Dan or something. It was like, this is the first album that any other people could have made this record in terms of yeah. beats. Like, and what I realized afterwards was like, Stakes is really just what became so many other labels, 12 inches so many people trying to make shit like steaks in the moment and then for the next like six seven years mm-hmm. because when you listen to that album now from like the dilla stuff to even like um super mcs how many fucking backpack dudes was like yo why is everybody trying to mc you're a whack mc i'm a good mc don't mc no i think that that point is 
one thing that they're very much not revered for and they should be is they are really great producers in the right. same vein that outcasts are great producers <laughs> but we just so over so overshadowed with the rhyme but these the guys thing. but they were influenced by prince so you know you have you have a great teacher they produce their asses off like you know if you if you look and they because they don't reveal it until you get into those interviews oh i did that oh remember yeah. we talked about that interview and it's like yeah. you Pop were you like, oh yeah yeah i had the record that's crazy yeah. like you know or just brought the samples and i think people don't give them credit because it just seems like a collaborative effort we always think of prince paul in the back of our head as, as far as their producer people right. don't even remember that sometimes don't remember the Dave West, Super Dave, no, it's Dave West, right? Super Dave West, yeah. excuse me, did a lot of their music. He did like most of the grind date and, and stuff like that. Maybe. So I just think the the beat selections, maybe maybe anonymous nobody might be where people are like, hmm, but that's them being super grown, to be honest. That's their right. most adult record. But the beats, the sonic palette that they created, that they picked, and that they collaborated with, on Prince Paul, because remember, it wasn't just Prince Paul first record, yeah, but then the second and third record, they were they were um contributing with yeah. Prince. Yeah, like if, if you listen like I M I B, which is Prince Paul, right? No one's no one can make a beat like that. There's so many things happening. There's so many parts of that beat. Like the arrangement is so interesting and beautiful, and there's pieces that come in and out. Like that one guitar comes in and out, the piano hits like. But when you get to stakes and you get to shit like, you know, Down Syndrome, you get to shit like, um, you know, my man, Kenny Kuhn, you know, he nonstop, like that beat. Love that, you nonstop, that I love that shit. That's, that's pause. I, I heard yeah, that was pause. That beat's amazing. But when you get to that, it's like, it's them making the best kind of boom bap and then everyone else being like, yo, I want to make that. And then everyone trying. Like when you listen to so many fucking indie albums after that, it's like, it made sense for them to host, um, what was it? Lyricist uh, Lounge. Lounge. Because yeah. everyone on Rockers was trying to make fucking Daylos. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, every, everyone of was course. trying to make those records. Boom, I, I got another shift I wanted to move Reflection into. Eternal, them, them, them trying to make Daylos shit. So then when they get to Grind Day, right? After they didn't put out the third. Well, you skipped Bionics. And I'm, 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 I'm oh, disappointed okay. I'm making. So they didn't drop the third of the collection of the AOI, Artificial Intelligence. They dropped Mosaic Thump and they dropped Bionics. They didn't drop the third, but what I'm talking about is grind date, no skits. What, how did y'all feel when they, cause they did a big thing with Artificial Intelligence with the Ghost Weed, that was a great skit. And when we listened to their records, we kind of like, well, what's the skit gonna be, what's the skit? You know what I'm saying? Same right. thing with like Woo Records. So I remember Ghost Weed was great, but I don't remember the, what was the skits on Mosaic Thump? You um, I don't think I ever heard Mosaic Thump. Mosaic Thump has wow. well, no Mosaic Thump has Ghost Weed on Grind Date. They just have um, no because I'm saying Mosaic Thump and then Bionics. Which yes. what it was? What was the skit on Bionics? Ghost. Then? Oh, on, um, I've just been playing it too. Fuck. They they started using like that Reverend Do Good guy. Reverend Do Good. There it is. That's that's. They the throw joke. him in there. He, he yeah. pops up on um on Grind Date. And then on that mixtape, uh, Impossible Mission, but it's not like a, it's not like a bunch of them, like right? So, so yeah. So, what was your reaction to a non-skit heavy album from Daylight? I think it was great because if you remember when Grind Day came out, that's the same year of College Dropout, and literally one third of College Dropout is skits. Yeah. So like them going against skits 
when that became like the industry standard of like, oh yeah, my album's done. I just got to go do a bunch of skits and then the album comes out. Like it wasn't even a conceptual thing. It just seemed like their non-gimmick hip hop album. No frills. I felt like Grind yeah. Date was no frills. Alaska, what did you think of a Grind Date? Because like, that was another shift. That was, to me was their final shift. Um, I know you might not have liked it or whatever. But I don't really remember it, honestly. Like yeah, rock cocaine flow. Yeah. Um, verbal, it, verbal claps. I think I listened to it like three times in my life, honestly. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't have more to it. I just remember, kind of, not enjoying it. <laughs> now, was that to 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 my point? Was that about the lack of the skits? Was that about it being more of a solid, straightforward record? I think it was more about, and I think I've talked about this in the past, like with Dela. Like, once they started doing stuff that anybody could do. Okay. Right. I kind of. Put them just group. Put them away and, and just sort of like went to the stuff that made them special to me. We're gonna get to that. We are yeah. gonna get to so I, I, mean, I just I just don't have any like anything to say about those because I never really paid much attention to well, them. Well, no, I do I will yeah. and remind me because I do want to come back to and um Zilla did a whole episode on daylight B-sides, but I wanted yeah. to talk about that, like things like the Wu-Tang song, God um got it, like these joints that they would just drop. In obscurity, sometimes, but they're great songs. They're mm. gorilla, they're, you know, um, Blue Mind State. I might blow up, but I won't go pop. But then they they have gorilla songs, like four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those are like huge songs. So they were able to blow up and not go pop and still yeah. have um, yeah, big songs. How many times it's fucking me, myself, and I've been licensed for shows, Oh, God, yeah. Compilations. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, why yeah. it's funny that, that Tommy Boy went out of business because that's that's what we're talking about. They had cash cows there. They had yeah, plenty of licensing true. material, but had, who you know, who was making money off of that though? Was it the the artists that they sampled? Oh well, they all right. So one thing that happened, and I, again, I blame Tommy Boy was so one of the obscure samples came after them, not the, the big ones. It was yeah, the, the turtles. turtles. It, it was, was the a turtles. skit. Yeah, it was that a skit. They came after they came, yeah. Yes, and they came after them in millions. The, the little was first initially made out as millions, and then they settled out of court. But, yeah, you know that means it still was probably a six figure settlement. Yeah, went, but but what happened was the turtles set precedent, and everybody started. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like and stuff like that. In in a way, Tommy Boy. And, and for the listeners, the turtles weren't shit. The turtles weren't shit, y'all. They were not no. like some big charting artists. No, they were. That, they might have had like one, like yes, sort of like novelty hit, yes, or something. But um, it happy together. That's it. Yeah, so which was like a knockoff together. Beach Boys right. song. Right, right, exactly. Yes. Yes. I think of yeah, the Beach yes, Boys more than I ever. I, I actually thought it was a Beach Boys song. Yep, yep. But but I think at that time, like that was something completely new. Like I feel like it was bound to happen at some point, and labels probably should have been taking steps to protect themselves and their artists well they created a whole sampling division after that after well, that's yeah. what i'm saying like so yeah. in some ways like the people that were supposed to be minding the business should have been preparing for that yeah agreed um but it had never happened before right. and like so usually high. like you know when you don't address those things until something happened and yes. you know the people that were running tommy boy were like the actual Tommy Boy label itself was, it was an indie label that got picked up. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so really yeah. like Universal should have been looking after it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also like, like, you know, it, especially with business and money. Yeah. Like nobody's looking and we're getting away with it. 
we'll keep yeah. doing it for this quarter and we'll do oh, it yeah. for the next quarter and we'll do it for you know it's, and nobody's looking yeah. you know and and that's how it was and i mean again there was so many samples you couldn't think that the one sample in a skit you know yeah. what I'm saying? Even if you were more thorough, all right, let's get this clear. Let's try. Let's call these people. That's yeah. you. That was an afterthought. I know that just being a oh, creep. sure. Well, not yeah. I mean, it. it's like it's like getting a speeding ticket. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you crumple you... it up, put it away, and it and it but, then the fees. Uh, well, I was thinking more like. Oh, sorry. You get away with speeding for five years straight, and then you get that ticket. You're oh, like, God damn! Well, yeah. You know, like why are they targeting me? Yeah, well, you yeah, you slid, yeah. You, you zoom by you, all the other yeah. times. <laughs> you know, yeah, you got by, with, you got away with it for you know, fifteen hundred days. You know, it's funny about that too. It's like, and they go to Castro's point about the turtle setting the precedent, going after Bismarck and all these motherfuckers. It was like, it wasn't like people were sitting there. <laughs> to go to your speeding ticket, right? A cop never pulls you over and being like, "Hey, man, you're doing a fucking great job going a speed limit." I just want to pull you over and tell you that, you know, what I mean? here's a fucking coupon to Pizza Hut. You're out of sight, out of mind. When you right. when you when you when you're laying, when you're following the rules, nobody notices. No, you get no, you get no re, re, reaffirmations, reaffirmament, right? Nope. So when <laughs> no one came up to Dela or Biz or whoever, being like, "Man, the way you guys are taking these old, unpopular, obscure, obscure fucking records." And putting them out in the in the public consciousness and doing something new and cutting edge like you motherfuckers are the vanguards of art. It was like, oh, where's my cut, asshole? Where's now the same cut? thing that happens these days when a song gets popular on Stranger Things and that that happened back then right. when people kind of figured out something. Now we weren't sample snitching, but it did happen back then when you would hear something. Oh, that reminds me of this. Now we didn't have Shazam and it would take a little longer to go find and stuff like that. But you would rediscover these things. Based on samples at times Don't within hip hop. Pepper fucking doing um, um, push it, girl. You really got me going. You got me so I don't know what I'm. What's that? Moni Moni and shit. Like they were flipping fucking old ass rock songs and making them shits hot. Fucking Run DMC. Run DMCs. Oh shit, yeah. all day. Like, yeah. This is the whole look of. So what I'm saying is, I think, it, and now we see the benefit. Like when a song catches fire, TikTok or the, but literally on a show that's 50 years old, or a guy skateboarding yeah. can bring back a bring a Fleet song back to life. Fleetwood yeah. Mac, like literally bring oh, it back to life. That's Wayne's World, bro. That, that, that was huge, world. right? And then, but and it's it, back again on TikTok. That song comes back every 10 years. I always, I always bring up this example. Sure. There are certain songs, pop wise and um, pop rock, that I didn't know. I'm a black kid in Brooklyn. That I learned from a basketball highlight tape. A mm-hmm. lot of those contemporary, I talk to Zilla about this all the time, Alaska. A lot of those, take my breath away. I learned that from them being behind highlights of like That's Jordan. So funny. And Bar- what's the Barkley song? Because that one is really, um, it was, um, uh, wait, give me two seconds. Cause I, oh, I remember was that time. born in the USA? Was that his? No, no but boring. remember he was like doing pump fist pumps and catching dunks and it was hitting them it was hitting the hitting the beat. What, nba superstars yes uh, yes yeah oh it was barclays oh uh, man but alaska I, these things are like burning my brain because oh, i would yeah. watch alaska the first time i ever heard steely dan reeling in the years was on an nba superstars tape they were showing highlights of fucking magic and bird <laughs> <laughs> See, so so that's how I would, you know you that really that would work and also um another way but it was it was primitive because people didn't understand 8-bit too much but like you mm-hmm. know they would replay stuff on video games yeah. those melodies are in the videos and they're just like that we had to realize those notes once you yeah. started getting used to 8-bit music and shit like that yeah you start noticing yeah. that you start noticing yeah that. i mean um 
BDP did it with uh, I was oh. muted. I was bringing this up with uh, Billy Joel. Oh, like gosh. everybody's talking about Juice yep. Crew funny, but you still tell the lies to me. me. It's like it's only rock and roll. Like, yep. yeah. And and, and they like taking that all, that all the time. All yeah. But yeah, let's have our first break. Let's have all our right, first cool. break since wow. we got all we getting into it. And then when we, we come back, wow. we're gonna talk about character. Boom. Ooh. All right, we'll be back. Call out culture. Welcome aboard, recruit. We ship out at 0300 hours. You got your tank on you? Ain't no oxygen we're working on. Huh. Gills, huh? What'll they think of next? All right, where'd you train at? They sent you here with no training. They must not want you back. Well, we're gonna have to catch you up to speed. You know what we're up against out there? You ever seen one of these things in real life? It's like a bird the size of a man with a big giant eye instead of a face. And when it looks at you, buddy, you stay looked at. And don't let them touch you with the wings. Trust me. Oh, there's no time for crying now. Listen, if you want to survive, you're gonna need this. House of Disorder, the new album by No Satch from New Kingdom and Steel Tip Dove. Out now on FusedArrowRecords.com and Bandcamp. And buddy, don't forget what I said about the wings. I woke up this morning. Hey, Bong. We are back. Call out. Call out culture. Real quick, shouts to everybody fucking with um people that came through to the Providence show. And we did the live from the live show episode. Um, that was a fun time. And everybody that came to the subsequent Brian Ennels, Infinity Knives, Shrapnel, Jesse the Tree shows. So shout out to everybody out there. And yes, uh, we appreciate y'all showing up. Time. Got more and, shows uh, coming up down the line, so please keep showing up. Keep showing up and, at the uh, show. And I got to see Andrew and Jesse perform the Sleeping Dogs record, most of it, which by the time this podcast airs, the album will be on the brink of release. So shout out to everybody who pre-ordered tapes. Tapes are almost sold out, and we got plenty of CDs left. That drops on Tuesday, March 14th. So if you've pre-ordered a tape, they've all shipped. As soon as I get the CDs in hand, they'll ship next. And then everybody who ordered me and Andrew's vinyl, don't wait for me to leave. I was running late for this podcast because I was bagging up all the orders. So shout out to everybody being patient with that one. But anyway, cool. Just want to give everybody that. All right, cool. Let's do it. They all right. Um, I wanted to talk about our next bullet point which is character and characters. So I feel like De La brought character into hip hop. They were um, upstanding young black men. You know what I'm saying? They weren't like really rolling out the criminal vibe right. or, or even the struggle vibe because they grew up in the suburbs. So there was a certain character that was associated with them. Like you could play them for your parents, you know, and especially with the me, myself and our portal mm-hmm. into it or the three is the magic number. That's something you could play for adults and they'd be like, oh, okay, I like these guys, like almost yeah. immediately and stuff like that. Or like, I know and um, oh. yes, yes. Because that's with the, with the Silly Dan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, and then there was the the one with the hole and oats sample too. Yeah, so they they were doing things that uh, say no like, go. Say no go. And that yeah. was about, like I said, that was Nancy Reagan, you know, that was about you know, saying no to drugs yeah. and stuff. So like when I when I talked about their styles, like they got really serious, but I remember there was always a quirk to them before they got serious. So mm-hmm. like Paz doing my brother's a bass head because he was mad that his brother was strung out a bit, but it was still kind of a silly song. You yeah. know what I mean? So they were able to take really serious topics 
and make them serious if they wanted to Millie pull a pistol or add that quirk to them mm-hmm. and, and make you digest some difficult moments and stuff like that so like when I'm saying they bring in a character to it I didn't want it they're not like you know they weren't uppity negroes but they were like upstanding if anybody they had a certain um dignity to them they had a certain um staunchness to their back i always thought of them as like stand up straight mc they stood up straight their chins were up you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying they were and that was dave and you know rest in power that was dave like he was so confident in their style and aesthetic and i've never seen it waver you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i even go back nope. to a war tour tooth missing kill, yeah. killing the killing the verse covering his eye you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like just sticking to it. Every every shot, he was doing that same thing. He would stick. You know. Yeah, you, know you know what's amazing about you saying that? Even as a kid, I was fascinated by Dave because he just he never looked like anybody, and he looked like someone in your neighborhood. Like he just looked like a guy, and and I hate that term, like that every man rap. Well, he used, when he started everybody. using his real name like yeah like even and it was and it, and he, it was like, like him and dre did the same things i'm not to interrupt yeah. but they were like trying out different aliases you know right. remember they did have different rap names in in, in the line of notes mm-hmm. and eventually they all both landed on i'm andre i'm andre yeah, 3000 he's, he's i'm dave like, yeah like you know mm-hmm. like he he wasn't flashy and he wasn't he wasn't like this you know like like sexy gigolo looking dude and it was always interesting to me just like seeing him where I was like, he just, he doesn't look like a rap star or like an untouchable thing. He looked like he was, even when I was very young, I was like, he just looks like, he doesn't look like hammer. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have like this star thing about him. And as time went on, it's like, I feel like the connection people had to him was because he seemed like very relatable and you can connect to him. From you know, like especially as the years going on, from three feet when he started like becoming Dave and just wearing like a he, he was very human. Yeah, he was very human. Yeah, right. Yes, very human. Yeah. Very he, human. You know, even even like the way his body was, right? Like I was going to say it out. He wasn't ripped, but he no. also wasn't like he wasn't it, like an overweight character that no, relied on his did. weight for his name like biggie thank you thank you oh my god yeah. you're ripping it right out of my brain i was just about to how he handled his weight he just he, had like the freshman 15 and he was like a big guy but a yeah. rapper that wasn't exploiting i'm big he wasn't a fat yeah. boy he, and he it. wasn't like sexy fat he wasn't heavy no. d no. you know but, with, but he wasn't it. sloppy either no exactly no. but he so yeah. he wasn't heavy d or biggie was like okay i'm fat but i'm sexy i got yeah. i got money i look good i'll stay clean you know you fat like guys bone crusher just yeah, yeah i'm not and i'm not knocking them i'm not fat i'm skinny as hell but yeah. fat guys they some of them take very very care of their hygiene and their appearance they're very clean cut haircuts right. because yep. they they feel like they might have to overcompensate because they might seem bigger than most and yeah. I remember him not really going that route, right? Being a sexy, lovable, right. big teddy bear. He was just Dave, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. More, more stock, yes. But thank you for bringing that up, Alaska. I'm, I definitely want I to mean, as, as a, a fat guy who kind of tries oh, to do the same thing bone. as Dave, you big I bone. ain't big bone. I, I got a gut, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. It's a bit of a, a bit of a role model. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, there, there it is, and that's true. I'm, I'm very happy that you brought that up because I was going to say that. So his look, like rocking the no tooth. You, you made money. Yeah. You get your teeth fixed, yep. but that was like a character thing at that point. Mm-hmm. And so back to my um, the bullet point of the characters, I'm going to twist it. So not only did they have character and have upstanding 
auras and personalities that you heard through their rhymes and when you saw them, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They also brought into hip hop playing characters by the use of the skits that we knew some of them was using their voices, even mm-hmm. though they weren't like Dave is playing this guy, Pops. but the, the advent of other voices and stuff, yeah. I think ushered in the character in hip hop. And I'm talking about the Uncle Quillies. I'm talking wow. about Victor Vaughn, which is a character wow. of doom. I'm talking about Kung Fu Kenny from Kendrick Lamar. I'm mm-hmm. talking about Bobby Digital. You know what I'm saying? Like allowing yourself to have multiple voices really was kind of started by Daylight. Now they didn't do it. They didn't go full boy with the alter egos that I mentioned, but I think like yeah. open it up to like Redman has five personalities on every, every record. Yeah. That is bore off Travis. of that is bore off of a narrative run through with skits and characters. Like mm-hmm. one is I can see that. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say Shock G and Humpty Hump. Yes. Are yes. a bigger influence on like the sort of like the dooms um you know like even like a cool keith where it's like different actual yes. personalities coming yes. but i see what you're saying about like, like bringing Red layers of like yourself out the, to it yeah like red man like all those voices and skits clearly that other guy you yeah. played with superman love red man reminds yep, yeah. me of like the clumps like what eddie yeah. did with that yeah. and my, <laughs> what all of them wouldn't get a song but they would pop up like uncle quilly would yeah he would pop up on a song or pop up talking yeah. dr yeah. trevis yep. you know what i'm saying Carter. So, <laughs> so I thought I thought that was kind of bored of the different layers that Dela would bring yeah. out, especially with uh, Dela's dead, like all the like the different voices and yeah. those skits. Crocker, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Z, would would um, any insight on that? Um, I think what's also interesting. I, I I just thought of this. This is related to the last point before the break. When I was thinking about you know, them being these vanguards, right? And not like like Tommy Boy trying to push that at the time with the ads of like, oh, you know, Sergeant Pepper, the sixties, fucking hippies and all of this shit, right? It was like they blew up off me, myself and I, and then the whole style. But the weirdest part is Beastie Boys after them did Paul's boutique. Yes. Because they were fucking with Dayla on the samples, right? And here's a difference when I was looking at during the break. Beasties were on Capitol for Paul's Boutique. They left Def Jam. It's a huge fucking lawsuit, right? They go to Capitol Records. Paul's Boutique has 104 samples. The last song has 24 samples. And guess what? All that shit is cleared. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is Beasties went from going diamond on License to Ill to doing like barely gold on Paul's Boutique. Album didn't sell shit, did not really make an imprint until years and years and years later where people in college would fuck with it. Whereas like, but but they were trying to be some De La shit. They went to LA, they changed their whole fucking style. They got rid of the frat boy shit. They started every song in 50 fucking samples. Yacht grew a beard. They were all just trying to, they were, they were dressing like LA Bohemian skater dudes. They, they were not looking like New York, right? They were trying to catch that wave. And the interesting thing is, like, Beasties kept flipping it and changing it, you know, on some, like, punk shit and some elder statesman shit. Whereas, like, De La kept moving. And I feel like the more De La went through time, the more just, like, pure fucking hip-hop, like, undeniable they mm. were. 
mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and as they kind of simplified their style and did shit like rock cocaine flow and bionics and all that shit, it's like even on Anonymous Nobody, which I was playing it again the other day, and it's like I just can't get into it beside a couple records. But it's like it's even them doing that. It's like we're just kind doing of doing a little the little dragon soul, like just trying. Like, I that love that shit. Like, I love little dragon. You know what I'm saying? It's just more like them being like, we have a bag of money. Like, let's just fucking just go for it and reach out to people and see what happens. But even within that, it's like they're still rhyming. Like it, they weren't like, OK, like that rap, you know. We're, oh, no, they never went like Mac Miller or CeeLo. Right, they they, they were never, never did even like, you know, like they weren't even like they were never ashamed to be. Yo, we're real fucking MCs like we're real. And, and Dave could have got that singing stuff off. He was doing yeah. stuff with DV Ellis Christ. Mm-hmm. He could have went crooning for a bit. But they, you're right. They stayed like rapping. So like, true, all right. like, like pause. Pause kept being technically fucking dense and amazing like he never was like okay you know he didn't do like like the drop off of dudes that have been in the game so long like they're just he's never mailed it in never autopilot so so that's my next point what i wanted to talk about those weird not weird but those eclectic one-offs that they would do now this might have been a byproduct of their business you know what i'm saying and the tommy boy residuals but remember they would pop up with a song it'd be on streaming dude fall judgment night fall the um that's all the what was the wu-tang song what was it called spirit oh get away get away mm-hmm. featuring the spirit of wu-tang meaning they sent the song to them and asked them and got the beat i trust me they did that they didn't just well, then there's a sample in wu-tang for no but i but what i'm saying is i know them they sent this song to them and asked for their blessing i because why would they you you don't get what i'm saying why would they say featuring the spirit of wu-tang <laughs> if they didn't talk to somebody yeah maybe yeah just to be official, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they probably know each other for sure. Yeah, but yeah, just to be official. Yeah, they got ghosts on the record, right? They have ghosts on, yeah, yeah. So, so like, so those songs that will pop up the Nike Run projects. Um, again, go back and listen to um, Zilla Rockers use records, the B sides that he touched on. But there's some more. So, what did you think about those? I always thought that that was. I always thought that that was like, maybe the byproduct of bad business, but it was like, treats for us fans. Mm-hmm. Like we we benefited from that. For yeah. whatever reason, they would do these one songs, one you know, one here, one there. You know, um, Z, you could talk to that a bit. Uh, yeah, it was just, I think it was just they again, like they at the time were so caught in you know being huge off the first record and native, and then kind of dispelling those things and keep pushing further and further out from it to not just keep cash and checks. I feel like they didn't. I feel like they had so many opportunities to do interesting shit like working with um like I said on the Judgment Night soundtrack with Teenage Fan Club. Um they they could they literally could do any style on any record. And I think people like shouts to the homie Andy um Steady Nap and he said he was like it's an indictment on the industry that no one really knew what to do with the group that motherfucking everybody loved. Yep. You know what I mean? Which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know anybody. It's like, no, nah, I don't like no day last older. No, but here. being beloved and being marketed correctly, are actually, two right. different things. It's hard. I mean? So it's like, yeah. but they, they, them doing all of these ill pieces. And as time went on, they just, you know, when they became more indie, they could just do whatever they want. But it was just like, they, they were more, I mean, like Tribe broke up. Tribe was fucking gone, dude. Like, for almost 20 years yeah yeah Yeah. it became like a q-tip thing whereas like de la wasn't as in your face never budged man they never there was never any whispers of turmoil there was never any mace i want to rhyme more 
You know, y'all. It wasn't never... like like, like Wu Tang when these motherfuckers just trash Rizza for the last fifteen years whenever they. Can. I think a lot goes to how they never minimalized Mace, like keeping yeah. him an even, even equal member, even though he wasn't as vocal as he was on the on the earlier yeah. records, and he really was producing. He really yeah. was scratching. But as we all know, that could fade way to the background, and us as fans, you won't even know who's producing. Like I mentioned. So- who's contributing like he was did you ever get the feel feeling that they wanted to be stars mm. like you know what I mean? like they never felt to me like they want to be no, famous. i think they wanted to be they artists. felt to me like they yeah exactly you want to be, have a I, career i think they wanted to be artists but 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 alaska to your point and what z's just just said they came up in a time where this could be a viable career yeah. In terms of like the five heartbeats movie, getting in the car and going on tour. You know what I'm saying? Sure, Being, certainly. You know, yeah, yeah. But but my point was more like like when you have like groups that break up, it's usually because mm. somebody thinks that they should be famous and mm. somebody's holding them back. Mm. And to me, it never felt like that was the goal for De La Soul mm. to be famous. Okay, let me ask you about this. Rap, I have a conundrum rap about that one. I have a conundrum yeah. about that one. How does that apply to Bobby Brown and New Edition? Because Bobby, I mean, they all wanted to be famous. Yeah. But Bobby was Bobby. Bobby Trust was and, famous. And, and you get, see, yeah, yeah. So that, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, how could you hold Bobby in a group? Yeah, you I mean, exactly. Bill yeah. DeVoe became famous. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But but just trying to do the new edition with somebody like sure. Bobby, who was just, or um, I'll ask y'all this. We, I mean, we, the Beatles. You go back to I, the Beatles. I, I got somebody, I got another little hip. Yeah. What it, didn't y'all notice what people were doing until he finally dropped the album, what they did with Catastrophe and oh, Alcoholics. Gosh. Like how yeah, they, they started go solo, go solo, where's your solo? Where's your solo? Where's your solo? Where's well, your solo? He was like the like, West Coast Red Man for a while. He was great. He was great. And yeah. it's just people didn't want him to be with his partner. Great. They wanted to hear him. I remember yeah. that was a big thing about getting Tash to do his own shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then it was a dud. It was done. He never left. Yeah. He never left him. That's another no. one. He, he, he never did it. And 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 I think that goes to show you the people within the group too, to not have like Poss could have went solo. In fact, yeah. my Absolutely. my pick for his verse is an example of one of his solo okay. efforts. So, I mean, it could also be like, you know, like we talk about character being an important thing with this yes. group. It could be a matter of like, you know, when you're in a group like and you feel like your group should be bigger and you see that people in the group aren't working as hard as you. That too. That, that, that could Kobe create Shaq resentment, you know, Kobe like and that could yep. be the thing in alcohol. It's like, who knows? Like somebody coming in underway, you know, somebody coming over and but that's, people missing that, studio sessions. People we never heard about shows. that with Dela. We that's what never I'm even so, heard a little tiny whisper. Wendy Williams. I heard gosh, even in the fucking tribe movie when Tip and Q-Tip. I mean, if, if well, mind you, up, wait, wait, drop each other's fucking ass. Rappaport, Michael yeah. Rappaport. Oh, I know. Rappaport. Regardless. So let's just, I just have to, like, let's just put that out there. It was, right. it was his little spin. Well, his he, he made the worst decisions of all time when he made that movie. However, Daylaw is always in the mix. being. But there were, there were always rumors about Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Like, you know, like everybody's like, once we realized, yeah. And then we started seeing the verse count. Like when mm-hmm. we noticed how much Fife wasn't right. on people's instinctives, right. you yeah. know what I'm saying? And we started noticing when we really started noticing. And then yeah. Fife and then Fife was one. He was talking about it. Remember, it yeah. was coming. It was coming from Fife. I, I, I also think like. Like Q-Tip had that thing where he was so far ahead of Fife. Yes, that's true. And Fife that's caught true. him in terms of that. Yes. Cool. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Good. Great. Yeah. Alaska. Thank you. So like there's resentment. like there's group dynamics are so difficult. Yep. All right, and do you think that like that's why Shrek Black Dog held it up. down because Malik didn't catch up as as quick? Yeah. 
of didn't course. catch up or like you know was suffering through addiction but now he played his part issues. he never had to he never had to feel like oh malik is like on my heels he never no. felt that yeah yeah well, I, yeah but also because like malik just didn't want to be on the road 250 fucking days a year of course to live in. of course yeah. that was like his thing i don't want to do that but those are the things that break up groups right, right. like the rest of them are like yep that's what we want to do we want to be yeah. on a bus and, I and heard, to me, um, it seems like De La was always like aligned with what they were doing. And I mean, it, it could be part of like, Dave, there was a thing where Dave was talking, and this might tie into like the sort of weird little one-off things. He was saying like, it takes four years for a De La record. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why they recorded the first two, was it the Bionics records? Yeah. yeah. They recorded the two yeah. of them together. And then the, the third one never happened mm. um, because it was just, you know, they sort of like, it takes four years for them to do stuff. Um, so makes sense. you know I mean, they it, might give each other the space just to like live, live and, and grow and yeah. and come back when it's time instead of forcing it well if, if you look at if i have the the cd for grind date and the booklet is a calendar right yeah I remember and in that the part. booklet it shows how their schedules are that's crazy where it's like yo we must leave for tour come back studio day pause studio day dave's and there's blocks in between where they don't have anything scheduled, but then it's like, okay, festival, okay, Mace pre-production day. Like everything is mapped out. You know, I'm, not, I, I'm, not sure I, I'm getting, was, I'm getting there. I'm loving it. But I can, can you imagine having like, I mean, last you might have had that, like your schedule is full, like with hip hop mm-hmm. shit, like that type of thing, and everything's kind of mapped out. Those are, I love that's that's those are good problems to have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you have to schedule everything out because you have so much to do. Uh, yeah. I love those times. That's good. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I, I I think they just they're probably like a unique situation in in music, not even just in hip hop. Like how many bands break up because one person gets more famous than the rest of the band? Yeah, yeah. you know, I like mean, just in this faction. I was thinking of shoot, Three Six Mafia came to mind. Yeah, and how all of them went to do you know even bigger things. But there's also like tragedy of groups. Three Six Mafia when Lord mm-hmm. Infamous passes away. And then, yeah. you know, Dave passed away on the tail end of it. Not right. Yeah. Smack dab in the middle. I mean, it happened to Beasties. They they never broke up. And then MCA and then, died. You know, MCA died. Like Ad-Rock yeah. was always like the bigger. He was like in movies and shit. And he was kind of dating starlets. But it never was like, oh, well, Ad-Rock's got to leave these guys behind. They were just always. With the, we did but it. But then, when, you know, to, to go to your yeah. guys' points about groups, all of us been in groups that fizzled out. Like Daylight, these motherfuckers were like friends in long island yeah way before rap right yeah it's different same thing with, with with beasties these motherfuckers were friends it's different from when you watch you know and see the wu-tang shit of like these dudes kind of knew each other but not all nine were like we are friends. no there was different connect but then look what we to talk about the other point about pulling a guy out of a group people did that with met the man from day one mm-hmm. the song and then his his the way he looked, his charisma, they wanted, you know what I'm saying? Organized confusion happened. Oh, the conversation was happening with company flow immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like it happens, especially if it's a two MC group. Yeah, because it's because because the, the person feels like yeah. two MCs is easy to get right in between yeah. the two of them. I can I yeah. can pull you can pull one guy from another guy. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, or the the, the brand new being booby trap. Where it yes. was set up that way, he he went in knowing, yeah, I'm bouncing. You yeah, know what I'm, I'm saying like, yeah. and I had that that happened to me. We had somebody um in our crew when I did Bohemian Fifth, my first like real group, well my first uh professional group, 
we started with that's the name fifth. We had five guys. One of the guys left before we finished the record. Oops. And um, but he was on, but he was on like important songs. So we kept him in the marketing marketing, we kept him in the package packaging, and then when we had our big release, we we hired his ass in a sense. You know, you need you to come down and do this show. He wasn't performing with us no more, but he was on like a big song. So we put it out there that it was five of us. And we we were able to spread the material that we had done to the point before he left on the album. So he's like on four things, like spread out or whatever. But he left and he was very talented and he went and tried to do something else artistically. And that worked for a while, but then it kind of flamed out. And then he was kind of nomadish for a while. And right. then he popped back up and Z knows him. And he popped back up with more success coming back to rapping. But he did like right. poetry, but he definitely... It, he was a good friend of mine when we were when we were artists together and i still to this day that's why i still kind of i don't get what was going on like why he felt he had to leave but mm -hmm. the artist that he is i kind of see him leaving i don't know why but i just see he is the type you know to leave he was like a yeah, soul some, some people just he was a star right? i'll give him that he was yeah, very much a star he definitely like... needed his own stage and shit like being in a group of that many men wasn't really going to work out. But at that time, I was being selfish and I couldn't see it. And I was just like, yo, you're breaking up the group. You know, I just couldn't see it. You know what I'm saying? But it does happen. It happened to me. Some dudes, are, some dudes just aren't meant to be in fucking groups, man. Oh, yeah. At all. Collectives. At all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's There's nothing true. wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong. And I mean, hip hop is, there's groups, but there's solos. It's just, it's even. It's 50. There's many groups there. are. And probably now there's way more solo cast than they, than they used to be. It used to be groups. But, you know, cats can't get along. Um, yeah, but anyway, I really, you know, Daylight's perseverance through it, you know, until Dave's passing. And then, you know, still together, even though right. he's, you know, he's in spirit form. He's transcended. They're still together. They never really broke up. Right. And well, that's, yo, uh, why, why, don't we, why don't we do a break and then we'll hit the last, uh, how many last piece? We got, uh, we got yeah, agenda. We got, yeah, we got, I got it. I got it. Let's do it. Right, we'll be back. Sedale Threat Remix EP available now. Name your price at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com or stream on all DSPs. Classic cuts from the Sedale Threat album. Remixes from Small Professor, Jason Griff, Mighty Healthy, and yours truly, Zilla Rock. On the mic with Casual, Bruiser Wolf, Thurston How to Third, Read the Lost Cause, Alaska, and of course, Castro and Prem Rock. The Dale Threat Remix EP available everywhere. Get that now. Yeah, Andrew, Sad Dance Songs, I don't know. Finally available on physical media exclusively at $3pistol.com on very limited, beautiful cassettes designed by Andrew. The album slid out right towards the end of 2022 on Cold Rhymes Records. You can still stream and purchase the digital over there. But if you want to own this joint and bulk up the Andrew collection, Get at us. $3pistol.com for Andrew's sad dance songs. I don't know. All right, we are back. Shablam, Shablau, Shamagnifique. Magnifique. call out. And we are going to land this daylight plane. So let's do our typical and customary favorite verses. Mm. And then after that, I want to get into what 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 do we think Daylight's legacy will be? It's right. always interesting when somebody passes. Does that enhance legacy? Does that make them more important than they were? Um, yeah. Like I remember when Dilla passed, 
then all of now yeah no sorry then all of a sudden there dilla changed my life i was like y'all even know when he was jd like i remember being pissed y'all didn't even know him. you know what i'm saying but dilla changed their life because donuts yeah right yeah um yeah so um let's go favorite right. verses uh i got my dave shit all um right. pass the plugs mm. when he said this this motherfucker is so dope Passed off second, true I reckon, Again. head full of dredge, but knowledge inside, <laughs> singing on records, make it hectic, wishing it would all just fall all and, and die. die, radio works it, public consume it, Tommy Boy wants another say no, nope. huh? Huh? rough and rugged, it's not a new twist, been true goy since the first get go, here's the daisy, watching the dossy, native is the new, like balance is the shoe, Paul makes a mill like dill makes pickles, plus is to add like adding to the crew is, pimps promote us, RMs work us, MPs watches close and focus. Watch me step in. Now I'm dancing, then disappear with the hocus pocus. pocus. Come on, man. Yeah, yo. That's a flow, man. That's a yeah. That pocket. flow is nasty. And he still does like the weird shit. Where in the middle, where he says like, "What's the line?" Where he he would always make these interesting phrases, where you're like, well, "What does that mean?" Plus is to add like add into the crew is addition. Plus is to add. What's the line right before? Uh, Paul makes a mill like Dill makes pickles. Plus, Plus. is to add, like, add into the crew. Is. Like, that don't even, I love when he does it. He, he would just put a, a line or two that just didn't rhyme with anything. But the rhythm added to the right. crew is. If you notice, he always do a little rhythm or a triplet when he right. finishes those. And, it, and that uh, rhymes with before when he says native is a new, like, bounce to the shoe. The shoe yeah. Paul makes a mill like Dill makes pickles. Plus, is to add, like, add into the crew mm-hmm. is. Pimps promote us, RMs work us, MPs watch us, close it. Bro. Come on, man. I was just playing it the other day and I was like, this shit is so butter. Alaska, what you got for Dave? Um, Dave first. I'm going with uh, Ego Trip. True. Mercy. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the yep, yep, big trucker man's rolling in town. How you, How you do? do? How, How you do? do? I got the joints that make you jump. 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 Cause I'm heading eastbound, I'm tired of the merry-go-round round and, and around. around. Everybody talking about your style funny, but, but they still, still telling, telling lies, lies to, to me. me. Circle that back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, I told you. Uh, but they still telling lies, lies to, me. to me. I got the trees in my backyard, and it's hard for them to tell a lie lies to me. To me. And who's the foot? I'm the I'm foot. The foot. But who's, but who's stepping? stepping? Hey, no, no, you know what I'm stepping. You know where I'm stepping. Skirts play with me because I'm slick like that. I'm, I'm the greatest, the greatest in, the in the world. world. You gotta give me, give me mine because I'm heavy when I weigh it. Watch the way I say it. Ego, Ego trip. Change my pitch up. Smash my bitch up. I never did it. The flavor was being brought but brothers uh so brothers ain't getting it get it, get it. or else share a when i rolls over you you're gonna want a lamp i'm the because i'm the chattanooga champ taking the train taking the train taking the train taking the train chattanooga shit when he would say that yeah the chattanooga yeah, yeah, that's champ. That's like, I love it. all right so i wanted to go off the beaten path because i felt like y'all were gonna pick some stuff from the catalog so and these are like some of my favorites so on dub on a common song um, getting down at the amphitheater. Oh, good featuring De La Soul. He said, "Hey, oh. give it, he give it boogie like the BX sex regular booger bitches get the back seat. G bumps will make you buy tapes. Escape the fire tonight. Switch like Jekyll and Hyde and shit. Reckon we live and shit. The swamp water style of keeping dirty and wet. I bet Mills on the rhyme skills. We walk away set. Rich like top soil. Connect coin with currency places that I couldn't pronounce and then bounce." Illegal ain't illegal if it's less than an ounce. ounce. Keep it coming to La Rock amount. See, it's yours. Study scrolls that include the claws. Get your dirty paws out my bogey. Hustles too old to 
dead um the dead with the shuffle you exhaust me like a muffle, muffle. get zapped and zipped in the duffel came to the set splash no rolly on the wrist. wrist the hell with a guest list we all up in this a two dollar something got your eyes on him but yo she pinching my ass so we go limp for limp light studio <sighs> dim it's exact tonight so we can drop the rap the light on one mm. and just dance you yeah. know you got the feel and just dance but come on and get down yeah, i love that beat and so i remember it's like i love de la features yo so Ill. When, when they, they so never, never mailed in a feature for all, all types of songs. I think they got a song with Angie Stone. I could be wrong. I don't even remember. But it's just like when you search their names or their features, you see all of the ill stuff they've been featured on. And they never, ever, never miss a step. Never. Not one. I, I challenge anybody in the comments, whatever. Go look at all the Daylight features and find me one that's sus. There's none. All right, I'm let me kick it off. I got another one. I got pops. Okay, do it. Okay, hold on. Where's that? Is this it? Where'd it go? Now, here's my pops news one. This is shorter, so that's why I'm going first. Now, this is another off the beaten path one. Mm -hmm. They did that benefit, um, song called, um, what is it called? Um, One for Love, and they had the um. And it was about, I think it was uh, the benefit record for Amadou Diallo. And it was 41, the 41 mm -hmm. shots. And it was 41. No, was it Diallo or Abner Louima? Um, oh. I think Abner, one of them got raped by the cops. I think Diallo was the shot. Diallo was the shot. And Louima was the, the rape. The plunger. The plunger, yeah. Yeah. And so Diallo got shot, you know, on his front steps with his wallet, the 41 shots. Oh, and yeah, on this yeah. project, there's 41 MCs. And on yep. this one song, there's violence. a bunch of them. Yep, I got in this. And I have that. I have that box. And it's um called One for Four, yeah, volume yeah. one. And Pasta News is like, all that scheming and plotting, the uh, all that scheming and plotting, the young absorb like cotton does. Especially in my city with a boy steady rocking and you would thought Favo would cut it all short, but they play the biggest part in the art of living arms. And our land cops guns claps more than hands, as if we don't deserve what they here to preserve. We just trying to do it right in these worlds that we rapping. That we, uh, we just trying to do a world, we just trying to do it right in these worlds that we repping it while they try to fill us up with more lead than Zeppelin. I always thought that was Love like that one line. of the illest lines. While they try to fill us all up with more lead than Zeppelin. And I thought it was ill. And I picked that one because Common's on the song, Quali's on the song, Feral Monch on the song, Common and Quali going back and forth, Rod Diggers on this song. There's so many ill people, and still they let Pos back clean up. And he's in a group. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't yeah. like no super yeah, solo really Star like Wars. Like, yeah, you never just got a solo spot on a on a joint like that. Yeah. So I, I loved when I came in and there's a video for it. We're gonna put, you know, as you know, y'all just heard we we put the little um, sound snipping in there. I just really love how he was spitting on that and how he went last and killed it all. Bat cleanup, going cleanup. That's why I give that's why I give Prem a lot of props. Going cleanup is very difficult. I don't, you know, I don't envy people to always have to clean up a song and you know finish with the last thought. So when you're able to do that, that's dope. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I'm still trying to find my pause shit because right, I could jump in on mine if you want. Go for it, go for it. All right. Um, so mine is um in the woods. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a balloon, uh, balloon my state truther. That's my favorite record. So it's kind of obvious for me everything's gonna come from here. And I really wanted to avoid doing uh, I am I be because that's yeah the no brainer for I'm me. I'm trying but, to uh, avoid. I'm trying to avoid Stone Age. That's the yeah. best fucking flow yeah. ever. Since. I mean, I also like that one. Um, the one he has with CeeLo. That's a really 
rarely, okay. really ill versus right. health. Yeah. Uh, rarely ill versus. He talks about his daughter and stuff. So he hits it with, uh, punch the Ofa operator, baby. It's a love solid, been styling abstracts since loose leaves with the shit. shit. Catch me breathing on planes where the gangsters outdated. Fuck, Fuck being, being hard, hard. pasta news is complicated. As my plants pay the sagittar, I can order order sniffs of frequencies. Frequencies, because a freak MC with the ramen rock lot, man. I'd rather point a pistol at your head and try to burst Sorry, it. Man. No jive in the matter. So, and would start running. Yo, that native shit is dead. So, the sticker bush is coming. Sticker bush, it's coming. Sticker, sticker bush. bush, it's here. It's here. Fuck here. The five count, it only takes three to we bring it near. Um, so, let me move you one better as the salad is tossed and taste and get the taste of the mace that you thought was, was lost. lost. Oh man, I'm cautious with my looks in the woods. Man, I'm right. gonna, I'm I got misty. Yeah, the little I shorty, love. uh, shorty nomos like Maybe flourishes in there too. Are yes. really, love really it, love nice. her. I love her presence on that record. Oh, it's so good. It yeah, adds using such a like nice an instrument, have yeah. a female voice in there. It wasn't like a sample or something, it was a real live person. She was rapping here in little splashes there. Like I said, I was into Balloon because I was always into when the group brought the next one, whoever was the next gen, and they were good. Like yeah. when, when Wu brought up Shaheem, I was very into that. You know what I'm saying? So when, when they had a little mini one, a mini daylight, and they would start sticker bush, whatever that was, and they brought no mods, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. go. You know what I'm saying? I was all, I was all about it. She's in the it's video a shame and that shit. It took she didn't like pop 20 off. years to get a record out. Yeah, she finally dropped something. What was that? Like 2015, 18. It just she dropped. just dropped something. Yeah, just yeah, dropped just recently, dropped. right? Recently, yeah, really. Yeah. Recently. And it uh it was mm, it was a it was a it was yeah. an experience. Mm. Yeah, it was. But if she had a chance to do it with the daylight weaponry, yeah. it would have been a lot. It would have been a it moony been love. Really nice. It would have been like it a moony love joint and it would have stuck out. Yeah. Even if it just came out once, it would have been on some group home shit. Yep. To be honest, it would have been like some banging ashes, one joint. Yeah. They get to splash out with a female MC. Bong. All right. Um, I'm going to go with pause on forever off the Nike run shit. Are you? Mm -hmm. in? Okay. So I'm going to, this, his pattern is so interesting and a lot of shit like doesn't line up. So when I read it, I'm like trying to play the beat in my head because most of you guys, like most people listen, don't know that verse inside out. Like they do the mm -hmm. classic pause shit. He says, and we won't stop rocking till we retire since the economy is in such them dire straits that isn't an option our theme is to be currency kings thoroughbred nyc bred. we barrel through dirt and cracked open cement these lines with the pen when i was semi-bent the innocent smiles broke when he shook it remind me when grandma used to say my way need a brace because my ways used to just seem oh so crooked the little black terror had a ball bearer watcher Bear Mountain Skier, peace out, premiere. Take us out with the, uh, uh, out the transition, the ammunition that we shoot in his ambition and then planted inside every history book. We the crew who travel to every cranny and nook, nook. of the free world, freeing girls from they mate. Fill us all with the hate. I know if I answered and slide, she move her head back and forth instead of side to side. side. This be who I ride to. I was like, yo. Yo, he's nasty. Yo. And that's like, what, that's 2009. So this is that's year twenty, like so, you know what I mean. Phrasing things interesting, you know what I mean. Like putting like in a place when he said, "Remind me when my grandma used to say, my ways need a brace because my ways used to seem so crooked." Like that's he was he always said, so Ill. hit me with the. He doesn't say it. He doesn't you know say, say, like, he doesn't say it. hit me with the fader. Whoa, whoa. 
Think about the transition. The ammunition we shoot is ambition and planted every inside every history book. We the crew travel to every cranny and nook. Yeah, man. So dope, man. If I answer the slide, she move her head back and forth instead of side to side. I'm gonna put it like this. I'm not gonna miss them because they're not gone. They're just in a different form. Yep. And um I I know them to be pure, so I don't think we'll hear a lot of posthumous Dave shit if they have it. You know what I'm saying? Might maybe one or two, but I doubt that they'll, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel like something he would want. And it doesn't feel like they have five or 20 verses in the bank. Even if they did, they don't have them in the sense that for new songs, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, I think they'll do it with some, with some panache. Like those might be the one or two one-offs that they throw out there, something with Dave on it, but I don't think we'll see, we'll hear Mm -hmm. from him. Again, because I don't think they'll want to get into the post team. I'm 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 very much against it. Like I just right. um if it makes sense if there was material recorded before and it was lined up like we have without with our man Scorsese, then that's so yeah. be it. But when you're making stuff like that, that biggie thing was really that really was rough on me. I didn't like that. It was like yeah, a science experiment. I don't like the posthumous shit unless it was like see, I think Pac spoiled everybody because he had so much that you could make legitimate songs out of those things. And so yeah. The, the was that the Columinati joint that was all right. like posthumous and then that that next record was with the um with the ill samples on it, with the old with the um uh what's that song on there um do for love with that sample on it what, uh, what album is that that's shooter fuck knows that's like but that's like two after did he pass you know what i'm saying with well, do for love i'll do anything i don't and he has that song and it has the animation video yeah 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 that that's the fake dilla beat Right, but that's also, but that's also like two or three albums after he died. I'm trying to, I just can't remember which one. That one one had like changes on it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm not. I'm not into Pac. I'm not a Pac fan that I know what the what those records were called. But yeah, so I mean, with Pac, there was a spoiling going on because, like I said, there was there was enough raw materials to make something good. Um, The same thing with um, Smalls and Sean P. Right. But when you're really like scraping the back, like that Biggie thing was scraping the barrel. And I don't yeah. I don't want to get into like what you do with Dead MC's work, but that was really scraping the barrel. Like remember they were they were getting old. I don't know, Z, you could tell they were getting old um Mr. C versus, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, big, the Biggie shit? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he just didn't he wasn't. And like then a they, I didn't guy. listen to that. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah, remember that Faith, like remember Faith dropped something and she had a couple of King and Biggie I versions in a stash. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the 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 cool I will say the the <laughs> The only advantage to that is that we know all the verses to all the Biggie shit. Yeah, we do. You know I mean, like, there's nothing new. Yeah, yeah. There's because there's not a ton, so it it, it almost becomes like like folk songs and shit, like songs right. that just get passed down that everybody knows, right. you know, inside now. Compared to you know, I, I don't know any Pac verses after he died. Right, and like you said, I mean, there's a fucking fifteen albums have dropped. I don't know. There are. Shit. Yeah. But I think um to to the to to finalize the point, I think that they'll handle it with grace, whatever it is they do. I mean that's what they've always done. So yeah. I can't imagine it being any other way. So um final question of the night. What do you think their legacy will be? I know what happened when 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 artists pass away, like I mentioned with the with the Diller influx, mm-hmm. a lot of fake ass Diller. No, I'm not gonna whatever. I like him to be connected and him to get his props, but there's a lot of fake Diller cast that just popped up off his last two records, didn't know anything about his history, didn't know anything about Farside Productions, didn't know his original name, didn't know J88. And I'm not saying you have to know all those things to qualify, but 
You know what I'm saying? Like, don't fake the funk. It would help. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, but don't, don't, um, don't eulogize somebody because it's popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's corny. Um, so, you know, I, I could see that happening a little bit with Dave. A lot of people are paying attention, but it, 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 you Mm -hmm. know, there's something divine about him passing that brings attention and it's a month before they go live with everything streaming and that brings more attention. Uh, Yeah. I think I, I remember in the early two thousands, I remember when I was like in college or leaving college, I remember saying to somebody, we were at a bar and I was like, every, every guy in their twenties should, should go through a day law phase. Mm. where you're just like totally immersed and loving it and understanding it and this stuff has you know outside of you know your feelings about the skits and shit like there's still like like you know keeping the faith is such a fucking great song and they just have so much great material to 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 pull out and we 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 didn't really touch on it they were never forced down our throats they were never mm-hmm. like this annoying thing. No. Like even Wu Tang now, which you know we 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 love talk about the new season, whatever. It's like you can go to fucking Kohl's, you can go to Target. Oh, if yeah. Kmart was around. You can you can get a Wu Tang shirt. You could fucking fart in in the in the air, and your fart will hit a Wu Tang merch somewhere. Yes. In in the wide world, anywhere. Yeah. De La is still like something to be passed down, discovered, and I think having it on streaming. The visibility, like you now they're on the billboards in Times Square and having the song in Spider Man at the end with three to magic number. Did they did they ever end up like releasing the chart, like the charts since it dropped? Did they top the charts? I don't know. Um, yeah. they, they might have. I think some of the songs were, but I think okay. as far as the albums, I think Three Feet and High got up to like number four. Okay. Like, I look. Yeah, that's what I could be wrong. It could have just been the rap chart. You know how those charts get yeah, yeah, yeah. The rap hip hop. But I think, but the song, some of the songs were number one. Like, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. I I just think, I just think also with with the way the internet is, and the way that people can dip in and out of every era of everything, from fashion to music to everything else, it's like you're gonna have people, regardless what age they are, who are now can kind of really immerse themselves in that shit, and then mm-hmm. look at the videos and the and the merch they have and the colors, and all that shit, and just really become zealots. But because again, your, it's like a discovery. You know what I mean? It's to not to your like, point, Z, we always we're older, so we think that time has passed for us to discover Dayla in our twenties. But there are other twenty year olds, right? That's there right, always exactly. been, there's other yeah. eighteen year olds that are just now reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, and will go through that always. in their own time in twenty twenty three. They will discover their throwback group, whatever it is, might be Dayla. Oh man, all these yeah. albums I got to yeah, look like, through. Like yo, like tribe tribe hasn't gone away. Like their no, music no. is in the fucking Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah. Um, check the rhyme, like, and people have been passing down tribe to their kids all this time, and can play it in whatever capacity very easily. And now Daylog is to take that space of being like, "Yo, oh, you don't know no good music. You never heard fucking. It's so easy. You it's it's a way for them kids. to get their flowers. Not not their flowers because we should have, but to get their crowns again. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, and for people to rediscover their genius again. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and it's great that it's happening in, in such a voluminous effort, six albums yeah. all at once, giving yeah. people plenty of stuff to dive into and find their own entry point into daylight. Like like Zilla said um, at the beginning of the pod, who's gonna nobody doesn't like them. No. It's almost impossible. Nobody doesn't like them. You like them, your kids like them, your parents like them. You know what I mean? Look at that. That's that's yeah. three three generations. 
And that's a that's a feat. Yeah, I mean, I I could see them being like, kind of like almost like when I was growing up, like the way like kids found Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. right? Like it was not the traditional group that like every like everybody like listened to the Beatles, the Beatles, everybody listened to Stones, but like what's that one? The weird kids found Pink Floyd, right? And found and it. Think, is the key. found it? Yeah, yep. and I I think it's really like. In in a way, I think they may have benefited from being away for so long, right? Because it was this like great secret to an extent, right. Yeah. right? It was like it was secret knowledge that's now been let out on the world, right? And everybody gets to experience it simultaneously. Agreed. Which is kind of like magical in its own way, and it's like, and in a manner where people be able to get it more because in '89. It wasn't yeah. really gettable, but no. now you know what I'm saying people are a little more sophisticated. Yeah, so they'll yeah. look at it a little different. You know, and there's we've learned they trained us how to consume de la culture, right? They yes. trained society. Society, like, sort of has become more layered and more contextual and more there's more depth. So when people people have been like trained to look at art that way. Right. And they're going to see all those things. I mean, you know, there's already like 9 million annoying think pieces. But, um, you know, I think it, it's cool that they were gone for a while and now they're back. They don't seem like the type of people that are going to like sort of make a YouTube channel where they talk about every single song, overanalyze it, over to right. like, I think they're going to let the art and the music breathe for itself and allow like, the mystery of what De La Soul is to continue to be. And I think that's a lost art right now with artists that maybe De La Soul can usher in again. Yeah. Love it. That's Fuck great. that shit. That's great. There you go, Alaska. Yeah. That was beautiful. All right. We are old. Yeah, we are. We we've been here. listening to hip hop for a long time. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember sitting in Ron Nolte's car listening to De La Soul for the first time in front Shouts of the, to Ron Nolte. For the deli. Shoot, I don't even remember. I think he got name dropped on Cargo Cult. Where, where was I at when Shouts I first heard De La? When I first heard, well, I mean, I was into the first record, but I can't remember where I heard it. I can't remember. And it's funny because I think I'm blending memories of uh, Three is the Magic Number with the. Uh, Oh. Like uh, what was that? Remember Alaska that picture show that Bill Cosby had with the magic pen? Oh Jesus, I know what you're talking about. I can't think. So of what it was it like is, something though. the Happy Writer or something yeah. like that. That oh. and Electric Company, like that's what Three the Magic Number did to me. Blended in Electric Company, yeah. that um, the Count from Sesame Street, oh, Any, anything God. like, yeah. but anything that playful of that age, it yeah. makes me think schoolhouse shit. Schoolhouse yeah. Rock. Schoolhouse, oh, Schoolhouse, Rock oh, yeah. Schoolhouse Rock was crazy, right? On ABC or whatever. Yeah, they would do their little song. Schoolhouse Rock. That's a great pull. Bro, when, when I took my son to see Spider-Man last year and that fucking song came on at the end of the movie and I sat there, I was like getting goosebumps. I was like, holy shit. This is the biggest, this is a billion dollar movie and fucking De La Soul is in the end credits. Love it. I was like, I was so happy. And my son's sitting there and I'm like singing the song. He's like, what? You know, at the time he was six, he was like, what is this? And they just did the cartoon on Teen Titans with, with the, yeah, the millions of kids. Really that was fun. Yeah, so. They think uh, everyone just fucks with them. Like, I'm, I'm glad they're getting their flowers, pun intended. Um, 
but I, I'm gonna miss Dave a lot. Yeah, a lot. And I know people could tell from my social media that yeah, this kind of hit me. You just, just, just in terms of like an artist that you spend your own personal time with that you don't need anybody else to co-sign. Yeah, right. So it it doesn't. That's not necessary. Yeah, like and watching I, the clips from the New York show they had. And you know they're doing rock cocaine flow, and it's like it's just pause now on stage doing that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was watching Damn. them do all, yeah, just pause. It'd be, they do they're doing Dave verses and stuff, and it's just gonna be it's gonna take a while to get used to so seeing them anymore. Do you think pause will go solo now? No, they they said they're gonna keep doing Dela. Oh, they are okay. Yeah, him and Macy because they said Dave would want them to. Yeah, okay. So, you know, they're just gonna keep it cracking. That's like cool. I said, I think look, it's not. I, I doubt Mace will be rapping all crazy, but I think you'll hear his voice a little more. Yeah, probably go back to spitting a little bit more, and they'll just keep it rocking because you know the music's gonna be great. Yeah, and you know the lyrics gonna go. Like you know, Mace ain't no slouch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like uh, the art, of, um, you don't want to bust that shit, and the art of getting jumped. I mean, he's not rapping on that, but he's rapping on um, you don't want to bust that shit. Like my man got rhythm, baby Huey. You know. Um. So yeah. All right, y'all. That's uh. I think we've done our due daylight diligence. I think we so. Just, we just wanted to give them all the praise that they deserve. All the love. All the yeah. love. And um, you know, big ups to Dave. Rest in power, wherever he's at, wherever his energy resides. You know, we hope as well. And we're, we're still here on this soil, and we'll keep rocking. Nobody will forget about you, because I'm going to talk about you all the time, and you listen to my rhymes. I'm, I'm name drop you probably like, every other verse nah so that's just what it is so yeah we call out culture we ain't gonna get somber then drop a tear but if you do dave is worth it and big ups de la soul like uh they're definitely our dna and they gave birth to a lot of what we hold dear in this game in this culture Mm -hmm. and they deserve to be acknowledged as such and people need to say it out loud it's not a whisper it's not a secret they are very important they are founding pillars of this whole genre of indie rap that we call home. Yeah. Uh, I would say that without De La Soul and the sort of boundaries that they broke down, hip hop probably would have stagnated. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Any any parting any parting gestures? Z, you want to reiterate any more promotion that you got? Um no, I've just been again looking forward to getting out um this Jesse record with Andrew. It's Sleeping Dogs. It's so fucking cool. It's a great spring record. I'm really excited that they trusted me to put it out. And uh, by the time this airs, also the, the the last single called Bowl of Oranges, featuring me and Prem, we're the only guests on the whole record. It'll be out on all streaming platforms. And again, the album drops Tuesday, nice. March 14th. So um. Tapes are so fucking gorgeous, so there's probably like two left, three left. Um, but yeah, we're rocking with that. I still got the Andrew Sad Dance Songs I Don't Know tapes, and then the uh, Don't Wait for Me to Leave vinyl. So hell yeah, you, can't wait um, for that to come. Oh, it'll be it'll be it'll, it'll be shipping tomorrow, my man. So excellent, it'll, it'll be out there. And uh, what else is going on? And uh, me and Jason Griff are doing the post production of our record now. And me and Chong are almost done Midnight Suns too. Nice. I universe still. You do. And yeah. uh, and so that's cool. Castro just sent me his, which is fucking nuts. Of course it so, is. So uh yeah, after that I'm I i do not feel like rapping anymore this year. <laughs> I'm I'm finished. 
I'm out of here. So, but I'm looking forward to. Oh, and I think I'll be at a show next week in Philly. It's um, I think it's for Darko the Super's birthday. Castro World Cafe Live. If you want to swing through, it's cash. It's uh, what day is it? I think it's Wednesday or Thursday. It is Torito, Darko, uh, Andrew. I forget who else is on the bill. Oh, no, I got the sketch show. I'm like, um, okay, do. I got a lot of prep for that. Okay. On the 18th at, uh, what is it at? Uh, where is it at? Oh, it's in Brooklyn, I think. Oh, nice. Um, hold on one second. Oh, yeah, the show I'm talking about, it is, it's next Thursday. Yeah, it's I Alive, Haikich, Torito, Darko, and Andrew. Okay. And, uh, I'll be there. Um, Oh, it's at Public Records. It's uh, Jeff Markey and Sketch 185's release show oh, in nice New York on. with um, Shrapnel, White on Right Crime, and Rich Jones. Sick. Okay. What day is that? That's on the 18th. Last 18th? Week. Come outside. It's Saturday. You can't come outside. I can try. I, I, need, I need, I got, I got interesting situations. I think my girl's out of town, so I'm going to have to bring my dog. What? Oh, word? Yeah, so I'm gonna see if I don't think I'll bring it to the venue. I'm gonna try to leave it at Doug's house or at my mom's <laughs> until I finish the show. Oh my god! Yeah, but I'm bringing I'm bringing a cookie. Got to carry and everything. Straight up cook. Um. Oh. Um. I just approved test presses for Little Robert Hutton's vinyl. Oh, oh nice. We are. So uh, that's exciting. More updates as that comes, but yeah, just approved the test presses. And um, just as a note. It'll be in the description, but Bobby Immortal is not on the vinyl for time purposes. So big ups, mm-hmm. Marcus Penn. He did a lot of the work on it. It is on the digital. It does set the table for the record, but so does AAVE and Saltfish. So we just had to make a, you know, a decision. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted people to not be, oh, where's the song? You know, but I'll keep, I'm, I'll let people know. But um, yeah, so that's like the intro intro of the album. And it was a great scratch performance by Marcus Penn. Yeah. But yeah. for time purposes, to fit on the vinyl, we had to cut certain things. So that was one of the cuts. Oof. Nope. But he's still on the record. He still has scratches um, on other places on the record. So nice. he's still well well represented. Shots of Marcus. Yep. All right. I think that's all we got. Yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'll call out cultists. Thank y'all to our Patreons. We appreciate y'all. We'll have more material, more one shots, more episodes, more guests, more good times, more cowbell. I got a sickness and the only cure is more cowbell. More cowbell. He started really going at it, swinging his hip. Alright, y'all. We out. Peace. 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 I guess.